And that's it today, folks. Farts always win. That right there was an air biscuit. It was a real ass flapper, if I do say so myself. Some fine colon bowling. Some real rectal turbulence. Wayne, you gonna wan on this? Well, there's nothing better than a fart. Except kids falling off bikes, maybe. Fuck, I could watch kids fall off bikes all day. I don't give a shit about your kid. You're watching a show for your podcast the other day. <laughs> then you come together to talk about the show later, Kenny. He's one of my lucky charms. He's Andy. <laughs> I'll catch your rainbow. Isn't that guy fucking ostrich? <laughs> Takes at least two to fucking ostrich. <laughs> Maybe three. <laughs> Allegedly. But like, as a sick ostrich. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, this has already got on. <laughs> it's, it's, fine. <laughs> it's fine. Hey, who's that laughing, Matt? <laughs> It's you, apparently. This is the worst <laughs> intro we've ever done. But also the best. And... I'm going to have a puppers. And he fit perfectly on the show. It's Bill. Dan is pretty much me, so. Dan, I thought Dan was you the second that, I don't know why, but the second that he was like, yelled i think your sister's hot and then goes running and gets about halfway down the field he goes oh i'm too fat to run or whatever it was not saying you're fat i just think that would be a line you would say no absolutely no i (laughs) and it's the it's the it's the introduction man with the most eh it's machu uh very pleased to be here thank you very much uh, I'm going to refrain from accents for the rest of the episode. Good idea. Because <laughs> my accents drift everywhere, and I will yeah, get you're, somewhere not great. You're going to get something racist at some point. If you accidentally. Accidentally. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys. Hi. Hi. What a fun start. Whew. All right. We are we are rounding <laughs> out our summer viewing with Bill's pick. It is Letterkenny. One of the best shows out of Canada, which is saying something because there's a lot of good Canadian shows. Oh, hey, yeah. let's talk about good Canadian shows for a second. What about Red Green? Red Green, great. Red Green's fantastic. Kids in the Hall. Oh, Kids in the Hall. Yes, yes. Yes. I'm going to, I have a friend I'm going to start showing Kids in the Hall episodes too sometime in the near future. Nice. We watched a, a sampling of my wife when it was on, when it came back and uh, I had to show her Chicken Lady. <laughs> and uh, many people may not know this, but uh, Fraggle Rock was basically a Canadian TV show. Yeah. Produced in Canada, yeah. made in Canada. A Gobo of, Fraggle uh, says A all the time. He does say A a lot. Uh, Shit's Creek is Canadian. Oh, yeah. Is it? Okay. Yep. Love yep. me some Shit's Creek. Need to finish that at some point. Apparently, uh, Beast Wars was <laughs> done in Canada. <laughs> now I'm just looking up. Well, there's a lot There's a lot of things. Like, uh, Deke... Deke and Cloverway, I think, were out of Canada. At least Deke was. Right, right. Because Artemis was very Canadian. Yeah. 
I don't remember this, but I'm seeing Orphan Black on this list of Canadian TV shows. I didn't have to watch it, but we are definitely considering it. With uh... was that was it Maslani in that? Yes. Okay. She Hulk. She is the main characters, plural. Well, we're not here to talk about Orphan Black. But now that we've started, no, I'm kidding. Uh, this is Bill's choice for summer viewing, and uh, I'm just going to turn it over to Bill with a, I guess, a question: Why? Because it's great, and I couldn't get you to watch it any other way. This is becoming a theme. It's fair. For those of you who remember last year when Bill and I watched, or it might have even been the year before, when we watched uh, Tiger King out of yes. season. <laughs> Never got past episode one. That's fair. I still didn't see any of it. You're fine. <laughs> but well, uh, you're absolutely right. That was probably This was probably the only way to get me to start watching this show, and I'm right off the bat. Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. Yeah, this is less ironic. Like, Tiger King was, look at this train wreck. Um, I genuinely love Letterkenny. So what is it about Letterkenny, Bill, that uh, has has gripped you so much? It is the the quintessential idea that I always love, which is stupid characters written by smart people. Mm, Yeah. You know, you get all the the dumb idiocy of, and, but... You can tell there's a lot of thought behind it. You can tell that uh, Jared Kesso is really smart. Um, some of these jokes, the alliterations, the you know the pun offs, and mm-hmm. you know it just it just really hits. All kind of wrapped up in small town weirdness. Kind of like a like a Mike Judge, yeah. Show. It's got a lot of yep. like King of the Hill flavor to it. Sure. Yeah, I could see uh, Beavis and Butthead chilling somewhere in this town. Now, well, Riley and Jonesy. Yeah. I, yeah, we'll talk about all these characters, I'm sure. It is very well written, and it was one of the things I was really... I wasn't sure going in, like, watching the first few episodes. I'm just like... I, I, I was kind of taken back by how hard it was to follow at times early on. But I think fair. as you... If, once you turn the subtitles on, and once you kind of get used to the cadence of the speech... And like how each character sort of is, it starts to like make a little bit more, quite a bit more sense. It's it's challenging to get into to develop, but it's a feature, not a bug. You know, it's the same way that um, a good whiskey is kind of burns and and is a bit harsh if you're not used to it. I don't drink. I don't drink. So, <laughs> well, okay. Uh, lost lost on me. <laughs> I'm sure there's some kind of food somewhere that you've had that you know might be a little bit challenging, but. You end up loving it, even though you kind of understand why it might be challenging to people. Fully formed baby octopus. There you go. Do you put peanut butter on that? No. No. Not yet, anyway. Okay. Actually, they only have it at the local uh, Chinese buffet, and I haven't asked for any peanut butter. You should. Give it a shot. Well, I guess we'll start with, Bill, you've seen all of Letterkenny this out, right? Is it is the show complete, done, or no? Uh, no, there's more of it coming. Okay. And how many seasons are out currently? Currently, there are 10. Holy shit. Okay. Ten. I guess they are short. But they are very short seasons, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a spinoff. And there's one season of spinoff Shortsy. Okay. And uh, an animated short subject series of the, of the main cast as children. Which I did not know existed and will be watching very shortly. <laughs> nice. Uh, Matt, how far did you get into your viewing of this? I finished season two, St. Patrick's Day is the last episode I watched. I finished all the way through season one, so I'm a little behind in uh, the conversation, but uh, we'll do our best to 
talk about it without getting, I guess, maybe too heavy into spoilers for our own sake and for uh, the fans that might want to watch uh-huh. Letterkenny. Um, and I actually went back and watched most of season one just so I kind of had a refresher of what, or, what was what. So I didn't, like, jump into... Like, I'm pretty sure my uh, my Canadian TV waifu is not in the first season. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, I don't know. Where do you want to start, Bill? This was your pick, so I'm leaving it to you. What 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 do you want to start with with regards to digging into this show a little bit? Well, I think ultimately the humor of the show, the writing of the show, all of that comes down to the characters and their relationships. Okay. Like there aren't giant plots. No. That we have to. I mean, there are some plot lines that we follow and stuff happens, but ultimately everything revolves around character interaction. Yeah, I would agree. It's, uh, I was trying to come up with, I was talking with Matt before you popped in, and I was trying to come up with, like, what this show reminds me of, like, other shows. Really, there's not a lot of similarities, but I think within that realm of, like, nothing major kind of happens, but, like, it's just kind of, like, a all about, like, the weird character actions and interactions. I, like, for some reason, my brain goes, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I think that's probably fair. I think it really is. Like, that show's a little more over the top than this one is, but also this show is very over the top, too, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it definitely falls into that augmented reality, live-action cartoon, like 30 Rock or Parks and Rec. Yes. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, um, stuff true. that happens on the show didn't won't, wouldn't literally happen in real life. Yeah. Or uh, Kimmy Schmidt or something. Or, or Kimmy Schmidt, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. Yeah, now, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. I don't think that was first season either, was it? I have no idea. What, I, I, I've i heard you say it, but I don't know this reference yet. <laughs> well, to be fair, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you actually had a point there. Did I have a point there? I don't know, did I, you? I assumed you did. <laughs> you just wanted to, you just wanted to do, do it, it, to be That's fair. fine. Still like a good place to work it in. That's fair. <laughs> so let's talk about characters and interactions. Uh, where do we want to start? Well, I suppose the place to start would be the main character, Wayne. Wayne. Yes. Wayne. Good starting spot. Um, <clears throat> the man, the myth, the legend. If Wayne had a better haircut, I would find him extremely attractive. <laughs> have you Have you looked up his uh, actual picture online? No, I haven't yet. Or even him as Shorzy. That's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a, Well, no, it's really not. Okay. I just gonna say handsome... Uh, my wife thinks he's attractive. She got a little irritated with me because I said that he reminds me of my father-in-law because uh, he's wearing flannel button-up shirts and like no belt, and just yeah, no belt, not just and just like not saying much and uh-huh. it, like he reminds me of him quite a bit. And man, I was like, don't say that. <laughs> You're gonna ruin him for me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then uh, like two episodes later, he sets up in bed. He's fully dressed, and I know my father-in-law does that. Like sleeps in jeans and. A, Final shirt, so <laughs> so as he did that, I started laughing. Amanda just looked at me. Shut up. <laughs> I think he's a fascinating character. You said this, and I am I am interested to hear this. Yes, they don't really waste a lot of time establishing how crazy this town is. Yes, you have the meth head goths, the skids, right? Which, by the way, probably close second. Stuart is my probably my second favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um. Stuart gets some pretty good, pretty good stuff. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to him. Um, you know the the weird overtones of like the overly gay pastor and like all these like gay like people at the church all on grinder at the same time. Yeah, the like, um, the closeted 
Yes. Christian. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Gail, like, uh, his friends, like, everything is fucking nuts in this show. There's something that about him that centers everything in the story. He, there's this mystique to him, like, he's this big, tough guy. Yes. And yeah. he is. He could beat the shit out of someone. He was the, uh, he's the toughest guy in town. Right. Uh, until five years ago, his his now ex-girlfriend basically tamed him, told him he's no longer allowed to, to mm-hmm. fight. Yeah. And at that, with that, at the core of the story is a story that is dealing with heartbreak and, and loss of a relationship in a way that is very different than a traditional, any kind a comedy, like, like anything really. Like it, there are moments of it that go away from comedy and, and get into drama in a way that you really do feel for him. Like there's all these opportunities that he has to like sleep with other girls. And he's just like, I just, I can't do it. Like he's so torn up about this past relationship and it makes him a highly sympathetic character even when he's when like he's clinically describing things from urban dictionary or like making shit up but like you kind of question whether he's actually making it up or not Uh there there's something endearing and charming about the issues that he's going through that make him a compelling character and like he'll do things throughout the episodes that you're like god he's such a scumbag but then he always does the right thing, it seems. Yeah, even the yeah. way he fights the guys, it's always rules. Uh-huh. Yes. You know, and they're seconded, and they shake hands after, and yeah. it's it's an honorable challenge, not just a barroom fight. He's not just looking yes. to hurt somebody. Yes. It's... Establishing dom- dominance in a somewhat civilized way. Yeah, sportsmanship. There you go. That's what it is. I kind of have been envisioning... Uh, Wayne as sort of a uh, warrior poet kind of archetype. Interesting. That's, that's fair. This uh, ties into the part that I'm not sure when they mention it, but they, it is mentioned at some point uh, before the end of season two, where they actually just display it on the screen, <laughs> that the town is made up of uh, Irish immigrants. Yes. And I did a little research to find that uh, the uh, whole warrior poet archetype, com- archetype comes from uh, Irish society and ancient literature. This is correct. Interesting. This is correct. I actually knew that. Cool. I did not. I, I when you told me warrior poet, I would have thought samurai or something, you know. But I can yeah. see that too. That makes a lot of sense. Does he do any haikus later, Bill? <laughs> um, not that I remember. There are some limericks, I believe. So you're I'm probably sure. more, you're probably more correct. <laughs> He's. It's also um, at least in the first season a, a search for identity for him. You know, he's come out of this, this such a long relationship. He doesn't entirely know who he is Mm -hmm. and he's changed who he was yeah for that that woman and now is not with her yeah i watched i must have watched too fast because i don't remember much of this that you're talking about right now oh there was kind of sprinkled throughout it was very subdued but even even the going out and reclaiming his title of toughest man in town Uh yeah is sort of that was his identity and then now it's not yeah Yeah, I i remember i remember that bit when he decided to take that back even his his wingmanning to Dan and Derry, he's sharing what he knows. He's kind of trying to help them without necessarily looking for it in his own right. Yeah, yeah. There's the episode where all the the college students come have come back into town or whatever. He's constantly just like, "Hey, that girl likes you. She's doing this maneuver," and like kind of describing it. And then because he is a he is a slick guy, and he he can pick up on these social cues. But then like when the girl tries to get him into the bathroom, he won't go. 
Well, he almost does, and then he sees his ex girlfriend's name on yeah. the on the shift sheet, mm-hmm. and just decides he can't do it. Okay, that was uh, I think that was a Wingman Wayne episode, wasn't it? Yes. I, I, do you have further analysis? Because I know I I like Wayne a lot, but uh, you said you had some real thoughts on on him. So anything else? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I I'm still trying to figure him out. I think ultimately, as we go through, um, I just think there's a lot of really noble aspects to his character to kind of play off of like the like what matt said i take it a slightly different direction like i see him if we're talking about D D, I would build him as a paladin that, no absolutely sure he very much has that code and i think that another example when uh when stewart is going to be given to his big concert and he's like i'm going to get this fucking revenge against him and then he walks in and then he sees that like no one showed up and he turns back around he leaves it's not because there's no one to send loose, but he's like, I feel bad for this guy. Like, yeah. there's this—he's just an all-around really good guy. In a, a and he's he's this sort of like weird, grounded part of the entire town of lunatics. <laughs> yes, that just that just makes it makes him, I think, such a compelling focal point for 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 his relationship story and how that unfolds throughout. And he it, it bites him more than once that they repeat to each other. A man asks for help, you help him. Yeah. You know, so even people he doesn't necessarily like or things he doesn't necessarily want to get involved in, that comes up again and again. You know, Mm -hmm. him saying it to somebody and somebody reminding him of it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Very moral fellow Wayne is. He's both conservative and masculine without being the toxic version of either of them. Yes. Hey, that's a good one. This show does some things that, like, I know what they're going for and I don't always love all the humor in the show because I think, like, taking the... The, the meth heads and like going to certain levels where it's like obviously something like Breaking Bad does that kind of stuff so much better but like this isn't supposed to be Breaking Bad but like also some of the jokes I'm like Ugh, I feel like that's a little I don't know I just I'm just not I'm not here for a couple of those jokes or some of the homophobic type things early on that I know aren't meant to be like like you know gays the butt of the joke but like also didn't hit well with me, all of them. So like, I was going to ask you about that specifically, because I know there's the, especially one where Wayne is trying to figure out if Tinder is based on grinder. Mm-hmm. Stuart sees it and makes a big deal out of it. Yeah. 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 I think like you said, gay is not the butt of the joke there because Stuart's mm-hmm. the one that looks stupid. Ultimately. Yeah, ultimately. Because yes. he's being a jerk. And one of his friends is gay who at some point goes, Hey, this isn't okay anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gay, but, and then the next time around, he's like, I don't think we should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And so it makes Stuart look like a jerk for doing it. Not. Right, right, for sure. The other one I can see is Glenn. Again, like you said, gay it's is Glenn not the, the pastor. butt of the, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. The gay is not the butt of the joke there. It's the, the hypocrisy of the institution. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, like, it's it's a little much at times. Yeah. And so I, you it would be straddles the, the border. Okay, and that's what I was going to ask you, where you felt about that. Yeah, yeah. And I think some of that really kind of stops later on. You know, that I yeah. think they figure out pretty early on not to even go there with it. And That's fair. I mean, they leave that. They do kind of leave that Glenn is kind of a pervert mm-hmm. and kind of a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, but it's not that he's gay. He's just... Weird. He's just kind he's, of a pervert, a weirdo. I think uh, he is suffering from some... Uh, Mental issues, dealing with not accepting himself as a gay Absolutely. man. Oh, for sure. Christianity throwing in there, generally not favorable towards gay people. I think some of it, too, might just simply be story structure. 
because if Glenn was straight and acting that way, it would come off really predatory and, and upsetting. Yeah. Um, when he's doing the harassing to Wayne, much like Gail is doing the harassing to Wayne. Oh, she definitely like, is. Like, yeah. he can take it. You know, we don't feel like if it was either way was reversed. Mm. Like, if it was Glenn doing this to Katie or it was a male bartender doing it to, mm-hmm. well, I guess Katie again is a good example. Yeah. yeah. Both times would feel really awkward. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why I like Gail as much as I do. It 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 flips the overused idea on its head, even though it is awkward. Like, no, it's super awkward. It's 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 just I don't know. I just I can't help but love that character. Well, she's never... so fucking nuts. <laughs> she is. She's out of her mind. You never feel like um, Wayne is. I mean, he's a little uncomfortable, but he's not. Yeah, it's not traumatic, right? Uh-huh. You know, you're, he's never in danger. Like he's not being creeped out. He's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> and I like how Wayne under, can understand that people are just the way they are sometimes. Which, again, makes them a great character. Yeah, no yes. reason to take issue with it because that's just who they are. Is that everything about Wayne? Do I think so. Uh, let's talk about the sister. Katie. Yeah. She's fascinating. I don't really, like... You're it's... fascinating. That's what I appreciate about you. <laughs> that's what you appreciate about me. <laughs> she's uh, she's an interesting character. She's hot and she knows it. Yeah. She's strong-willed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's obviously not worried about societal norms. No. Is she dating both those guys, or is that, like, like yeah. a, the running gag? No, she's dating both... In the beginning, she's dating both those guys. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure, like, yep. what the... If that was, like, the... Just, like, a, a running gag or not. Nope, that's legit. She's legitimately okay. dating uh, Riley and Jonesy together. And then there are other developments later. There are other developments later. Um, one of which happened in the first season is just them telling her they don't want her to come to practice anymore because she's distracting <laughs> yeah. their teammates. Mm-hmm. You know, they're jealous about the attention she's getting, and she rightly takes offense to that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, there's not as much to say about her, but she definitely, she's definitely a strong feminist type. I I love the interactions between her and her brother, though, because like every time she's just like walking in on her pa- in her panties or something, and he's like, "What? Why, why, why aren't you wearing any damn clothes?" And she's just, <laughs> she's just kind of yeah. like, "Well, who gives a fuck?" I think it's usually a bikini bottom. It's it's almost lampooning. Like the the sexuality that you see a female characters in TV shows, it does. Yeah, she's there, and it's like not made to be a big deal or sexual. Like she's just comfortable in her own skin, right? Mm-hmm. And Which I really love. They feel like brother and sister. They, they absolutely do. do. Yes, the sibling chemistry is absolutely there. It's perfect. Squirrely Dan, definitely somebody I identify with the most. He's just I, there I like. for the fart jokes. No, not really. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I've gathered about him for the most part. He's just kind of Early, there for the fart jokes at this point. Uh, Early on, yes. Don't forget Schneefen. <laughs> Schneefen, allegedly. Um, he's got some good liners. But, and maybe it's later on in the show, he's actually fairly educated. He's taking a women's studies class. Yeah, I don't think that was mentioned until the end of season two. At least that's the first time I recall. Here. Maybe that was where he started. He's barely even in season one. You know, my, my women's studies professor would tell me that, you know, the reading on this for women's rights would be this way, and he's a deeper, more complex character than he comes across. He seems like he's just kind of the affable, chubby hick, but yeah, <laughs> he's a deeper thinker. Um, even some of the punning contests, I mean, he's, he keeps up with everybody else. Really, if there's the slow, awkward one of the group, it's Derry. Yeah. 
And I like that. I like that dynamic too. That they didn't make the the big guy, the dumb guy, the dumb one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Too much of the big dumb character out there. Refreshing. Yep, this much. was refreshing for that yep, sort of. That's too much of a trope. So yeah, I like Daryl. I, I think he's cool too. I I like him more, a little bit more than Dan, at least at this point, because they haven't really developed Dan. Right. The episode where he gets bit by the possum <laughs> and gets rabies. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just like he's just frothing at the mouth at the kitchen table and they're just like we should take him to the hospital <laughs> the sister's like let me take your car and he's like no i gotta get set up so she's like wants to walk him to the clinic yeah <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous so good that's pretty good stuff <laughs> yeah it's, it's fucking wild also, his super soft birthday is pretty great. <laughs> oh, soft birthdays are the best birthdays. Oh my I, god! I was totally down with that. Yes, I, mean, I want a like... soft birthday. <laughs> the idea that Wayne and Katie didn't really get birthdays growing up. Yeah, and then that's they they do it almost sprinkle. more for them than like sprinkle in that little bit of backstory. I love it. Yeah, he lets them do it and take the piss out of him because they enjoy doing having a birthday party to to have. Yeah, it's both sad and and heartwarming why did this show make me feel things like the last (laughs) episode of season one where they're all like sitting around at the bar together and i'm just like Uh this is Uh really heartfelt yeah it is way more emotional than it has any need to be no for sure one of my favorite uh shows that always mixed comedy and dramatic moments and stuff like this super well was uh night court oh yeah i love night court um scrubs also comes to mind Scrubs is a good one for that. I think out of all the characters, I, I'm probably the most like Daryl. Oh, yeah? Maybe. I found a four-leaf clover. Make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely fits me sometimes. <laughs> I don't, at least at this point, I don't really get and, and know why we get so much with these side characters of the hockey team. Like, right. I don't think they need to even be in the show all that much. Like, You're probably right. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit too much hockey. I feel like it's just there because it's Canada. These came out of, like, YouTube shorts called Letterkenny Problems. Okay. And so I think it's probably an artifact from, you know, when they actually tried to really... This town has hicks and skids mm-hmm. and hockey players. Mm-hmm. And the Christians kind of stopped being a thing, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, okay. then kind of pops up here and there. They started off with uh, more viewpoints than they ended up with. Correct. Which is good because you want to be able to like really hone in on those characters. Yeah, and I, I'm also thinking that uh, there's a bit of satire, perhaps, going on with the the two uh, hockey player guys. I don't think they're really that into hockey. I don't know what they're into. I don't <laughs> each other. They're super into each other. Yeah. They are. You can argue about how, but they definitely right. are super into each other. Yeah. These are bros from different mo's. Having watched the whole series, I think they are into hockey. Hockey kind of stays a a pretty pivotal point all throughout their their arcs, their developments. Or perhaps I'm thinking they want to be into hockey more than they have the actual skills to be into hockey. That's maybe fair. Uh, they do move up a league later on, but yeah, they're definitely... Like, the star player on that team is Shortsy. What the fuck is up with this Shorzy guy? I don't understand. I All I know is that he says the same line, and then I saw his butt once. <laughs> yeah, upside down in the locker showers. <laughs> yep. Talking about cleaning his butt. I don't know. It's fucking weird. Get, get your butt clean. <laughs> Best butt clean. 
it's he's another character played by Jared Kesso, okay. played by Wayne. We never actually see him on screen in Letterkenny. Mm-hmm. I think that back. We see his back at one point. We never see his face on screen. Yes. Yeah. Usually he is in one of the ba- one of the toilet stalls in the locker room, yelling for profanity, talking about the uh, foul things he's done with Riley and Jonesy's mothers, um, and shitting loudly. Poop jokes. All right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and motherfucking jokes, mm-hmm. which seem to have at least some basis in reality uh, when we see their mothers later in the show. All right. Well, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'd say I'm a passable fan of characters and show of tertiary characters in the shows that you never see what they look like. Wilson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> home improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah, if Wilson just had a foul mouth and IBS. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Is there any other characters that we missed that, that are be worth uh, looking at at all? I mean, we mentioned I mean, Stuart, kind of talked about him. Yeah, I, I hope he gets more development. He does. I hope he, he gets, gets off the more. drugs. I really want him. I really want him and the sister to at least have something together for a little while. The rest of the skids kind of uh, go away. And I'm okay really with the- that. It's really just the two of them. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, like I said, even that group goes away and just becomes two individuals that are friends and are kind of weird. Streamlining. I know some of them went away after the big EpiPen fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Talk about weirdness, yeah. <laughs> well, the drug dealers, that's one of the drugs they have laying around or EpiPens. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think their, uh, their attire changes in season one. No, I don't think so either. So you don't have to tell me any details, but does Tannis come back? Okay, yeah, so that was, that's who I was referring to when I said uh, my Canadian waifu. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I, I like oh. Tannis. Okay. I've, I've forgotten who... The cigarettes seller. Yep. Oh, her, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's uh, she plays a fairly big role. Okay. Not main character role, but tertiary, certainly, or even secondary. Villainous. Um, we see something with her and Daryl, so that'd be great. And not even always uh, villainous. Um, she's main. She's main lady. <laughs> I don't know. I think she's kind of hot. <laughs> I didn't say she wasn't hot. I just said she was mean. You can be a mean hot lady. That's true. <laughs> she's not always mean, but she's always kind of rough. But yeah, I don't. I I don't know. I had a thing for her. My wife was teasing me. Three-legged dogs, Bill. <laughs> Three-legged dogs. <laughs> I guess the other thing to say about it, it is infinitely quotable. Uh-huh. 100% correct. A lot of the shows that we remember fondly have lines that we could just, like, pull. And a lot of the, lot of the stuff from, uh, to go back to what Matt was talking about before we recorded, a lot of stuff from Cartoon Network that we can pull quotes from, whether that's, like, Aqua Teen or Home Movies. Yep. yep. Uh, C-Lab 2021. Even, <laughs> even back to the Nicktoon yeah. days. I mean... Laundry day is a very dangerous day. Oh, rock up. It's extremely quotable. I really yes. want to start using pitter-patter in my classroom. Yeah, you you absolutely should. <laughs> I get some weird looks if they watch the show. But... I know. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say pitter-patter. I'm not going to say the rest of it. And, Maybe well, you don't have to. Yeah. I'm, I'm very close to the uh, to the quote. It's like algebra. Why you got to put numbers and letters together? Why can't you just go <laughs> fuck yourself? <laughs> Yeah, even the stuff, even the one-off stuff like that is super quotable, even when it's not the repeated. Oh, and of course, the "to be fair," to be fair, to be fair. And again, you didn't get that far, Andrew, but 
it really just comes down to at one point, I think Dan or Katie, one of them says like, why is it every time somebody says to be fair, it always sounds like, oh, to be fair. And then they all start doing it like to be fair, to be fair. And then like the next time somebody, like two episodes later, somebody says to be fair and they all just start doing mm-hmm. it. And then at some point it, it becomes musical and they all start singing it. Really? I haven't got there yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At some point they're all this to be fair. And then this show is a, is a masterclass in setup and payoff. Yeah, it is. Yes, I think that's a that's a good point too. These running gags build and change and stay fresh by changing what they are and and yeah, paying off jokes many seasons later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole uh, the ginger and boots thing keeps coming up again, over and over. Oh my again. god, the end of season one, Candace <laughs> is like, is that the guy that fucked the ostrich? <laughs> Allegedly, and then they go through the whole joke again, and I'm yep. like, I thought that I was done with this joke. And I didn't really love it the first time around. But when it comes back around the second time, I'm rolling. Like, yeah. I am laughing out loud at that. Like, first time, like, this is weird. And it comes back around, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. This is, this is yep. better. This is better the second time. Yep. Yep. It's a perfect amount of comedic repetition and the theory yes. of comedic repetition. Absolutely. <laughs> you do it too much and it's not funny. Then you do it even more and it's funny again. Yep. It cycles back around. Yeah. Yep. The only thing I'm not down with for this show is all the drinking. I mean, you teetotaler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, there's definitely a lot of drinking. Definitely a lot of drinking. It took me a little while to catch on what they meant. Like, get him a fucking puppers. You know, what they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I imagine uh, Wayne's love for dogs is a big draw for you, Bill. Huh? That definitely is part of it too. I, I love when that like big at old one dog. Point, <laughs> he sees <laughs> at one point he sees something, he's a dog. I think. Katie talked him into going into the city because they could stop at like the Humane Society or something. And they see a dog and he just goes, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Yes. Yes. Very well written show. Very well directed show. Every single episode is directed by the same person. I know. I saw that. No kidding. Every single one. That's cool. Is that also Jared Kesso? Uh, I know he's no, like he's on a creator. Executive producer, <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if he was also directing it. Jacob Tierney, uh, the co-writer, uh, does, okay, does, does, all, does all the directing. Oh, he shows up later. Oh uh, the co- shit, the he looks hot with 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 long hair. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Jacob Tierney is Glenn. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I wonder why he stuck himself with that role. <laughs> Directed every episode and has with fellow executive producer Jared Kessa written almost every episode. Hmm. All right. I like a, a very tight-knit writing-directing group like this. Leaves very little room for things to to go off track. This kind of creative synergy, the fact that there's not a lot of, you know, they're writing, they're directing, they're producing. This is definitely their baby. Yep, yep. That's cool. I did, I did not realize that. Uh, any last thoughts on Letterkenny? Anything we haven't covered? Anything else you want to talk about? Yes. <laughs> That's a complete thought. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm glad I watched it. Uh, it was a little, a little, un- I was a little unsure at first, starting. But by the time I got to the end of episode six from season one, I'm engaged. I want to, I want to continue watching. I want to see where it goes. I don't, I'm not good at watching shows fast. Yeah, I know you're not. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm now about a third of the way through season seven, though, of, uh, of How I Met Your Mother. But, um, <laughs> I, I will, I will be slowly 
ticking away at this at this show. Excellent. And I don't think I think it's one of those types of shows for me. I don't know if I could watch more than like maybe two episodes in a sitting anyway. Like I get a lot out of a single episode in watching. And there is a lot yeah. to get out of a single episode, but I shotgunned it. <laughs> Cause yeah. that's me. That's, I, I probably will go through it fairly quickly. Cause you know, 10 seasons, sure. But only six to seven episodes per season. I can, I can knock that out to open up room for other things I want to see. Yeah. It's no one piece. We're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you Imagine. get through it. Are you going to try to uh, jump to Shorzy after it? Yeah, sure. I enjoyed Shorzy. I didn't like it as much as Letterkenny, but I enjoyed it. That may do it for us here, uh, in part because I'm looking forward to editing a podcast under an hour. Uh, and also, we're uh, I think we've kind of exhausted a lot there and got th- got through a lot of of, uh, of information in a short amount of time, which is good. Yeah, yeah. I think short of an episode by episode breakdown, I don't think there's much else to. Yeah. To say about it as a whole. Yeah. Go check it out. I think I, I, I give it my two thumbs up. Same. Bing. Yep. I get two puppers. Two puppers. Two puppers, yeah. Hey, uh, Matt, send us out of here, man. <gasps> this has been your later Kenny summer viewing, eh? I bet you wish I weren't so fucking awkward. Hey, bud. <laughs> I'm Matt. Not my pig, not my farm. I'm Bill. Uh, there's nothing better than a fart except for when kids fall off their bikes. You know. You know how it goes. My name's Andy. I still say skateboards is hilarious, sir. And we will see you next time. Big back Canadian smooches. I want you to finish the quote. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Patrons also have access to our brand new series, Tuning In, where we watch the first episode of an anime and give you our first impressions. Special thanks to Brian Nash, Matthew Van Diver, Dan Park, and Andrew Caswell. You know, I gotta say, I'm looking forward to a little bit of peace and quiet around here. Here, here. There ain't no reason to get excited, am I right? Yeah. All right. Who the fuck is the toughest guy in here? That'd be me.